You are listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Western Mic 102 FM. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty, here this morning with Country Life. Um, first of all, this morning we have, um, we're going to go straight to County Clare where we're going to talk to Barry. Barry is Connor, Connor Engineering. Connor, uh, Connor has been world, worldwide known, a fantastic company. They've been known for, look, you go up the road and you drive up behind a slurry tank, it's possibly going to say Connor on it. Um, they're a fantastic company and they do a whole right, wide range of everything from diet feeders to slurry spreaders to side spreaders to they, they do the whole lot. You know, they have an impressive, a very, very impressive lineup of kit. They do these dribble bars, they do trailing shoes, they do the whole lot. So, we're going to talk to him there in a few minutes. But, um, we're, this is the plan. We're going to talk to a couple of these companies. We're trying to line up a few of them over the next couple of weeks. Um, all this, um, including my my thing with Barry there in a few minutes, um, is going to be on YouTube as well. So if you want to see um, the stuff on YouTube, just very easy to find Morgan O'Flaherty, Country Life. Or if you know someone that might like to hear what Barry has to say, um, this stuff is also going to be available on a podcast. Um or sorry, the podcast is Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life. YouTube is just Morgan O'Flaherty. Um and you will find it there. It's easy enough to find and this'll be on the whole interview will be on YouTube as well as the podcasts there um maybe later on over the weekend. Um that's kind of it. Um I hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it and um we will try and we'll keep evolving as as they say as they have to do. And sure look um, this is what Barry had to say, and um, we'll talk to you after this. How are you doing, Barry? How are you? I'm very good. Very good, thank you. Barry, thanks for coming out with us. Um, Barry, I suppose you're 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 Connor Connor Products, Connor Engineering, the whole lot there above in, above in County Clare. Um, I suppose Barry, for people that might know you or might know what Connor is. Can you tell us a small bit about maybe the history of the company and what you do and so on? Yeah, I can. Um, so Connor Engineering, um, we're based here in Tubber, North Clare. We're only a mile or less than a mile from the, the Galway border. Um, and the company was set up in um, 1985 by my father, mm-hmm. Indo O'Connor, and my mother as well. Um, so back in the, the late 80s, um they were doing bits of everything. I think they were doing um, ring feeders. They were doing transport boxes. Um, then they started into share grabs, um, starting sugar grabs in a big way, and uh, toppers, grass toppers then, um, mm-hmm. and beer wrappers. So they were kind of their main products in the late 80s, early 90s, throughout the 90s. Um, uh, they developed the first uh, direct drive grass topper so prior to that, grasshoppers would have been mainly belt-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, they did the, the direct drive, so there was no belts. It was direct from the PTO shaft to the gearbox and um, straight shaft then connecting other gearboxes. So that was a kind of a, a new thing back in the early 90s, and that was a huge success. They would have sold thousands upon thousands of toppers back back then. And we... we um, we don't do toppers anymore, but we did them for maybe 20, 25 years. And they were, they were um, kind of what Connor Engineering started out on, or 
what they built their name on, there would have been there would have been thousands of them sold throughout Ireland, and then the bail wrapper, um, as the round bail kind of came, became popular in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, Connor and McHale and Tenko mm-hmm. were kind of all started out with the the, the bail wrapper at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Connor, mm-hmm. the Connor one was was very successful. It got a good name for being very strongly built, mm-hmm. and that became very very popular in the. In the '90s and the 2000s, is um, when the fusion came in. Then, in the around the year 2000, um, uh, that kind of has the, the bear wrapper, the single bear wrapper, is not as common anymore. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and the satellite wrappers as well are, are becoming more popular. So it's not it's not a huge um, product for us anymore. Yeah. Um, but we still we still make it. It's it's, it's a very good name and is, um, yeah. for heavy duty use and um, for heavier bales. The, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't use anything else, but yeah. then in the early, in the, the late nineties, we started into vacuum tanks, side spreaders, um, and then in the around two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, we started with diet feeders. So we've kind of developed into those products. Our focus on those products a lot more now, and vacuum tanks is now by far and away our most our most uh, popular product. Um, we sell a lot of those. Um, and it's it's kind of taken over a good bit now because of the the focus on the environmental stuff with um, the Thames scheme mm-hmm. and that and with grants yeah. available now and um, there's a huge demand for vacuum tanks and for Connor tanks in particular. Yeah, do you know like you're you're, you're first of all there you were talking about um, bale wrappers. I I had the pleasure of, of visiting your factory going back I think around ninety seven or ninety eight. A friend of mine and this is just a a friend of mine bought um, a bale wrapper off of you, and do you know? To be honest, this fella like this fella now would be rough. He he won't, he won't be listening to this, so we're okay. This fella now, he, folks, like this fella now would be as rough <laughs> as I can mention on the radio, like. But he bought a Connor bale wrapper, and everything else fell apart. He had he had a baler. He had everything. Everything else fell apart. But the Connor Bale wrapper stayed. It stayed there. And you know what? I'd say he probably still has it to this day. And it, nothing, nothing ever happened. It just, it, it, it was, it, it's a true testament to what you do above there. You know, you often see companies that might buy back something to put into the showroom. This is one of the <laughs> Yeah. That's the problem with them, it lasted too long. Yeah, it lasted too long, it was too good, yeah, 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 yeah. But, the other you were talking about the tanks, and I know, okay, I, I'm, a, I'm a tractor guy, I'm tractor machinery, diggers, store med, all that kind of stuff, but, and I know it's hard to get, people will be probably listening now and they're thinking, how is this fella getting excited about a tank? But I was, I was going up the road the other day, and... You'll have to excuse my language, folks, but I, I cut up behind this slurry tank with a trailing shoe on the back of it. A big black tank with Connor written across the back of it, and I'm sorry to say it, but it was a sexy-looking machine. Like, do you know? <laughs> like, it's, you know, there's probably people laughing now, like, and they're eating their breakfast. But, like, I cut up behind this lovely painted black tank, and it was it was a fabulous-looking machine. Like, do you know, it, it was... One of the nicest looking slurry tanks. If you can get excited about slurry tanks, you're going to get excited about this tank. Like, but you know, 
And from what uh, I can understand, you, you build the tanks then to kind of suit the farmer or suit the contractor. You, know, you don't have any kind of in stock. You kind of build them to requirements. Yeah, well, it's it's gone a bit it's gone a bit mad in that sense nowadays because there's so many different options and, and stuff and mm-hmm. sizes and extras um, that we we have to give no choice. Like we back in back in 2008 2009, I can remember having two and a half thousand gallon tanks in, in stock in the yard mm-hmm. just built waiting to go out. But it's totally it's totally changed from that. Yeah, like you get. Um, tanks are bigger and there's there's more options with them people want more different things like you people don't spread slurry with splash paste that much anymore so you need trade and shoe driven bar yeah. I, I, I don't need brackets for it people want rain guns autofills you have different wheel options you can go like now on a two and a half thousand gonna tank you it just used to be there was no question about the wheels they were just uh, the 865 or 32 wheels but now you have different different brands and we want Trelleborg from about 900s you go as big as 1050 wheels and then when you go into tandem axle you have you could have 30 different wheel options for for say a three and a half thousand gallon tank yeah. and we and you're going into triaxle tanks that mm-hmm. are used for hauling digestate and stuff with overhead booms and power fills autofills yeah. you can go with 16,000 litre Air cooled, water cooled pumps. You can, you can go like you. Some tanks could be costing sixty, seventy thousand. You're gone into totally different ballgame to where yes. it was ten, yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 have done really well with the tandem and the and the, the triaxle tanks. They've they've um, kind of really grown, especially in the UK, because a lot of the AD plants, you know, they they draw the the waste away from them and draw the 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 stuff to them. So there's um. There's a lot of that in the UK, and we we sold a good few tanks for that, and a lot of our sales come from word of mouth. So, like mm-hmm. for example, there's one big contractor out there. He, he could have ten or twelve or triaxle tanks, and I'd say I don't know. We could have got ten other sales just from people who have who've seen that guy and stuff. So it it um the the, the bigger tanks are, are are become quite popular with us as well, which you know this makes it a lot more complicated and stuff, but. Like that tank you saw, like the, even the paint finish, paint and black now is becoming quite pop and pop common because people just like the they want this, the machinery to look look cool as you yeah, say, and yeah. they want they want it to look the parts and paint and black and and different lights and just all these type of things that people are just a lot more particular about nowadays. Yeah, yeah, for definite, absolutely. No, it was just a fantastic looking piece of kit. And another tank I saw the other night in on the internet, it was um your own tank again. It was, I think, you, you you made it for Country Crest. Um, you know, it it was just there was no pump in it, so you'd have to. Was it just a kind of a water bowser, or as I see, Country Crest was carved out with with a CNC machine on, on the back of it. You know, it was another fantastic looking piece of kit, like. Yeah, yeah. The um, the finish. The, the people are big into the finish now and getting the different names and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, they can get. They can get very particular about the finish, and and that's a big thing now. And kind of have a good name for for finishing off the machines. Well, yeah. and the the paint work and stuff it has to be right for guys nowadays because they just they just don't they just don't um accept anything less. Yeah, and of course, Barry, everything everything you do is made above there. Everything is made in house. We call it. Everything is made in 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 Tobago, yeah, in the factory. Everything is made yeah, from, from scratch, yeah. 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 But of course, it's it's not just tanks you do. You also do the a range of diet feeders and a range of muck spreaders and everything. 
yeah, yeah, Diocletus would be would be a big enough for one for us now, and a um, little bit more so in export than in than in Ireland. We we very good dealer in France who buys a good few of them. Mm-hmm. We sent a few to New Zealand and the UK and stuff as well. The the diet feeder market is quite competitive because there's so many there's so many different manufacturers of diet feeders, but. Um, Again, we built up a good name in, in some areas, um, yeah. especially in France, as I say, and they they can get quite complicated in, in France because the the vast majority would have front conveyors, and there will be bigger models. There'll be twenty, twenty four, twenty six cubic meter. Some of be tandem axles. So, yeah, um, there's a lot there's a lot of work in in the diet feeders, but um, a good product for us as, as well. I must say, someone there now was thinking about a diet feeder there for, I suppose, the fall of the year, October, November, when the cattle will be going in. Um, and to order a diet feeder or something off yourselves, what kind of time frame would you be talking? Um, we'd often, would usually try to keep, um, say, a standard enough machine like a twelve or a, a twenty cubic meter in stock, just mm-hmm. a standard one with no, with no extras. But um, at the moment, we don't have anything in stock because we're, we're so busy with, with trying to keep up to orders. But yeah. normally, you'd be waiting about four months, roughly, yeah. for for uh, say if you had to get one built from scratch. So anyone saw that might be thinking about ordering one, they'd want to be kind of, they'd want to be really thinking about it now this time of the year. They definitely would, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant, that's brilliant, Barry. And we say, what's the, what's the plans for the future? What's what's the, I suppose, what's this time next year for 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 Connor Engineering? Well, we're um, we hadn't we haven't done too much on new products recently because we're kind of developing. Um, new stuff in the existing range, like we've we've new stuff in in the vacuum tanks, like we we've um, gone to bigger tanks and we've, we've changed overhead booms and mm-hmm. design, and we're we're looking at wider dribble bars and trailing shoes. Yeah. So at the moment, we 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 do a seven meter, um, would be very very popular common size, but a lot of requests for for wider ones. So we're looking at doing um, a ten meter and trailing shoe and dribble bar. That'll be coming out to, uh, in a couple of months, hopefully. Brilliant. And within the diet feeders, we, we, we've a new uh, design conveyor coming out that um, uh, can raise both sides. So you can shift left to the right and raise up automatically for feeding into the troughs. And we're developing a, a straw blower for the, the diet feeders, so that's more for for export uh, markets. It wouldn't be popular in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. With the, um, the huge demand at the moment, which which uh, for for sorry tanks because of the, this grant, and also with the delays with COVID, um, because mm-hmm. we've we had last year we had to um, go on split shifts because of COVID, and we had um, with a, a lot of staff out that were um, you know they had to self isolate if they were yes. in close contact, and we didn't have any cases luckily, but you know, there was a lot of people out because of close contacts and this and that. There was, there's a huge, there's huge problems with supply at the moment. It's causing a lot of delays, you know, trying to get in, yeah. get in products and, and stuff, uh, raw materials. So we are just basically trying to catch up at the moment regards orders and stuff. So um, that's that's kind of put slowed down a lot of a lot of the new things that we were developing. But um, things are kind of straightening out a little bit now. Yeah. So hopefully we we'll, we'll get to catch up soon enough. Yeah, yeah, we will get back. Of course, like you were saying there, the supply and all that. Of course, the price of steel and all that has actually gone has gone through the roof, like. It has, yeah, yeah. We're we're paying a thousand euro a ton now for steel, whereas say last summer it probably would have been five or six hundred euro a ton. So that's nearly a hundred percent increase. And yeah. um, it's the same with with tires, axles, everything. They're 
the last nine months we've probably had two or three different price increases just as a just a massive demand in the whole world at the moment for for your, your general raw materials like rubber and steel and that and um, because of the whole thing was messed up last year with COVID yeah, um, yeah. The, the supply is too low and the demand is, is very very high so prices are going quite a bit mental yeah, at the moment unfortunately yeah. unfortunately it's it's kind of the end user that's going to have to exactly yeah yeah have to suck it up well, Barry, that's kind of it. I can't think of any more to ask you unless you have anything else you think you might want to add. Um, not really, no. No, we've uh, we've ran through uh, the main things there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I think that's it, yeah. That's it, sure. Look, uh, anyone that's out there, if you want to give, give a look at it, you, you, you have, um, there's a good bit of stuff on YouTube and you have a Facebook page and everything. Yeah, yeah, the social media is, is big now, so... We try to put um, up anything interesting on, on Facebook or, or Instagram, and most of our general stuff is on the is on the is on the website. Um, yeah. But there's there's a fairly good dealer network around around Ireland, and a lot of them have been selling for a long time, so they're they're very well tuned into answering any technical questions or anything. But yeah, yeah, if yeah. anyone has any queries or anything, make sure and contact us. Yeah. Email, yeah. Facebook, phone, whatever way, whatever way it's them. Perfect. Barry, come here. Thank you very much for your time and your help. And um, right. we wish you all the, the very best in the future and keep up the good work above there. No problem. Thanks a million for the call. Barry. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye. How you doing, folks? That was Barry O'Connor there from O'Connor Engineering um, there above there in North County Clare. It was a tubber, he said. Not 100% too sure. But look, they do a fantastic and absolutely fantastic range of products another great absolutely fantastic irish company there that's um out there and is surviving and is actually thriving um because ireland is a, a i suppose it's, it's just fantastic place for for machinery and developing machinery actually there's one major german i think you're a german manufacturer's crone and um he's reportedly has said that if you want to test a machine send it to Ireland so look these companies we should be supporting local and buy local and, and if you're out there and if you're in the market for a slurry tank or uh, a diet feeder or a muck spreader and all this other stuff um, definitely give Connor a shout or even even if you're buying second hand um, you should try and buy try and buy an Irish product if you could or an Irish or originated product is still supporting the, the local community and supporting local and local Irish jobs. Um, we're going to take an ad break and um, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Cheers, boys. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty. We have a bit of a, a mix a mixed bag this morning for you, I suppose, really, and truthfully. Um, just before the ad break there, we had Barry... Barry's from O'Connor Engineering there in County Clare. Um, Barry came on there. Barry spoke to us about what they do and everything else. And thanks again for that, Barry. Um, next Sunday, um, I, I'm going to have that interview with Barry on um, on my YouTube page. If anyone wants to get on there, my YouTube channel. If anyone wants to get on there and check it out. Um, just like that, Morgan O'Flaherty, you'll find me on YouTube. And of course, once again, all this is also all available on um, on a podcast. So very easy to find, Morgan O'Flaherty, Country Life. And um, the podcast will carry you back to most of my um, 
most of my stuff. There's some fantastic podcasts there. We spoke about tractors and cars. There's Machinery Pete. There's Ron Harmond. Um, Sherry from Heritage Iron and Oliver Magazine. Uh, Peter Love um, from Classic Tractors and Kilsley Publications. He spoke to us. Fantastic, brilliant fella. Dennis Hagerty spoke to us about tractors and life as he knew growing up around West or West Kerry, West Limerick, I suppose. Um, he would have been Listol, kind of Listol area. Um, Glynn, not Listol, Listol. I can't think of the name of it now. Athe, that was his um, his stamping grounds when he was growing up. Um, he's now living above in Glynn. Um, I done a bit of a video with him as well on his on a few of his tractors, so that's going to be on the YouTube thing as well in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Very easy to find, Morgan O'Flaherty. Now, um, we're going to go now to a slightly different thing. Um, we're going to go to a friend of mine. He came on with us before. I think he came on with us. This is prior to the podcasts. Um, Jim Fogarty. Jim is. Um, I suppose he's one of the members, or he can be telling us himself what he is there in a second. But he's he's involved with the IVTA, which is the Irish Vintage and Traction Engine Association. Um, there's a very, very strong possibility that if you are involved in a vintage club um, or anything like that, or have vintage car insurance or have vintage tractor insurance, um, you're possibly going to be a member of the IVTA and uh, Jim is going to come on there with us in a few minutes so he's going to tell us all about it. Um, so that's kind of it. I don't have a whole pile more to say to you, only Sherlock. Um, we'll go to Jim. I spoke to Jim um, earlier on in the week and um, this is what Jim had to say. Jim, how are you doing? Not so bad, on yourself? Not so bad, Jim. Thanks very much for coming on with us. No problem at all. You're quite welcome to give us something to talk about in the in the present climate. Yes, <laughs> look, we'll be having a chat anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Jim, is it am I right to say in the IVTA? IVTA, yeah. Yeah, Irish Vintage and Traction Engine Association. Uh, uh, Irish Engine Engine and Tractor Association. Oh, tractor or something. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. No, you're okay. That's it. Right. Irish Vintage Engine and Tractor Association. Yeah. Right. Tell me, I suppose, Jim, for people who might know you or might know the organisation you're part of, what is it? Well, sure. Look, we're kind of we're, we're one of the parent bodies of the vintage in, in Ireland, and um, we the clubs affiliated to us. And we have last year we had in excess of eight thousand members. Now we will provide our members with cheap insurance for their vintage. Vehicles that could be tractors, cars, trucks, motorbikes, whatever, and then we would also do event insurance for the clubs that would be holding rallies or road runs or that kind of a thing, you know. All right, okay. So it's kind of a broad. It's 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 not just it's not just a club membership. So there there's benefits. For no, the no, no, no. The insurance the insurance would be a big part of our side, like for yeah. to get to get insurance, like for. For our, for our members for their for their vehicles and as I said now even even last year now we 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 renegotiated there with with our underwriters there for another three years there to keep the prices where they were there but that was I suppose when you win as an organisation you have a lot more 
power than you would going in as individuals, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so you, 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 I suppose, look, you have a bigger wall of cash to go in and play the bill and there's more listening power. Well, there is, yeah, there is, there is. Like, that. The, the insurance company tend to take more notice when you go in that way, like, you know, and you sign up for three years, kind of, it's it's an incentive for them as well, you know. And plus, we know where we're going for the next three years with our with yes. our members as well, you know. Correct, correct. And we said, Jim, if, if, if I, I'm a member myself, but we said, you, you also publish a book then every year, of course. Well, we'll bring out two magazines, two magazines go for our members every year, one in one in June and the other at Christmas. Now, okay, last year's one did run a little bit late, the summer one, on account of the COVID, but the Christmas one went out on time. And we're fairly hopeful that the one this June will, it seems to be coming on nicely at the moment there, you know. Brilliant, brilliant. But, um, and we also, we also brought out, we, we celebrated our 40th, birthday there two years ago and we launched a book at the Plown in in Carlow there to celebrate the 40 years but unfortunately now it was published and it was a good few of them sold but we haven't really been out on the on the vintage scene to, uh, up and down the country to promote the book since that you know a lot of members were looking for it but yeah. they didn't meet up with them you know but yeah, I should yeah. just be there and there, there's a plenty of them in stock they'll be there and please God when when things open up again we'll get out to the, the rally fields and get to meet everybody again you know yeah yeah you know that would be brilliant and sure look like you said they're there and we, we, we get a chance to buy them maybe hopefully if not this year early next year well sure hopefully next year anyway now it's at the moment, it's not looking good for this year. Now, maybe the second half of the year, if if things keep moving the way they are. But I think an awful lot is going to hinge on the vaccine. Yes, I agree yeah. with you 100%, yeah. Yes, I'd say, like, until everybody is vaccinated in this country, you're not going to see a full a full open up, like, you know. And I should mean, I know it's terrible at the moment there, and we really are really miss going off there, different old events on Sundays and up and down the country and meeting people but I suppose look at our health everybody's health has to come first you yeah know? look you have to put I, I know it look I just say it myself I, I, don't, I don't drink or I don't smoke or I don't really go out and socialise or anything but it is I love I love going to vintage rallies and I, I met it like probably like yourself I met a vintage rally most Sundays from Easter around till October like yeah maybe somewhere Nearly every Sunday, nearly every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and up and down the country, and then you'd be maybe at maybe club meetings here and there around the country as well. You know, and I sure look, it's just, you get to know a lot of people, and it's it's a great old great way. Of, you know, get out and get away for a while, and you know, finished all that finished when 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 the pandemic started. You yeah, know? But, but of course, then it, it it's it's a fantastic well. Even other than other than yourselves, it's a fantastic thing to be involved in, involved in your local vintage club or your local vintage society or your local preservation society. Do you know, they're kind of all kind of the same things. Like, you know it yourself, and I suppose I got to speak to you through it. Um, but like, I've made some fantastic friends. Through through the local vintage club and through going to vintage rallies and everything like. Oh, you do, yeah. Oh, God, sure. I mean, there's not a part of the country you'll go to. I can go to, but I I know somebody, and you know, you get to know people up and down the country, and there's some great some great people involved in it. And 
Um, you know, and a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of people out there with an awful lot of interest in the vintage and in the preservation of all our all our heritage and, and all that stuff. And then I had to turn around there on a Sunday or a weekend or a road runner during the week and, you know, put their, put their, their interest in and create money for some charity or another. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like it's the charities are the big losers since the pandemic started. They are, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, completely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like they're just, like you said, it's a charity. I know we're not going, but like if you go, like, but even the people that go to these shows, like some of them are getting up at five o'clock in the morning and they're packing a van or packing a trailer or packing a car or, or putting a, tra- a tractor on a trailer or driving a car. And they could be going, they could be going a hundred miles and maybe more to get to a show like. Oh, at least a hundred miles is nothing from to go to a show. No, it's not. No, they, they travel no. the length and breadth of the length and breadth of Ireland. There, you know, yeah, to show yeah, us that, yeah, yeah. like they're gone, and someone will be gone since maybe dinner time Saturday. Yeah, they stay out for the night, and you know, and they make a weekend of it. And um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of people now would would travel serious journeys to up and down up and down the country, even up into Northern Ireland, and you know, like that's one thing with the vintage, like there's no border. No, there's no border, and like <laughs> it, it don't matter what you are because, like, I do often say here, Jim, like, if if you come in, I can walk into a vintage field this minute, and we start talking about a tractor or a car or an engine or a bicycle. It don't matter what it is, and or a selection of tilly lamps, or no matter what it is, but you'll have people there that they're they're fierce proud of their collections of of instruments, oh, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever, yeah, and yeah, time put into but, them and everything, like. But like it's the amount of time that goes into them, the amount of time that goes into them, and the, the pride in them, and yeah. you know, like, and it takes all sorts. Like, I mean, a, a, a vintage rally or a vintage day would be very droll place if everything was the same. So you need everybody with all the different interests in the different, in different sides of our heritage. You do, yeah, you do, and you know what? When I suppose another thing we have to do, and even like yourselves there with the books and everything else, you're doing a great job on. We said the younger generation, because yes. if the younger generation don't have an interest on this, and if the younger generation can't go to the shows, they won't know what it's about, and they'll have no interest in it in another 10 or 15 years' time. Well, see, that is the problem. That's the problem. Like, and it's like any organization or any GA club or anything, if you haven't the youngsters coming in, you know, that's, they're, they're the future of any, any organization. They are, yeah, they are, whereas we would call them the bread and butter, like. Yes, yes, yes. You know it yourself. When yes. you go to a vintage show, I would say possibly 65%, 70% of the people there are over 55, 60 years of age. Oh, they are, yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hope- if you go to any show, they are, it's amazing the amount of kids will come up and, you know, the, the, the questions you'll be asked is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. they are interested and they'll come up with but oftentimes now nearly that's the thing yeah 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 you might think you're an expert until the kids will ask you questions yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yeah yeah yes. yeah 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 no and do you know what a lot of these people like i i've an awful head for names but my, I went to a vintage rally there in Beaufort. So it's, it's not last year, no, it's the year before. And there was a fellow there from Killarney, and he had a yoke, a rope maker. And yes. And he was making a bit of rope. And, you know, 
my young fellow's 11 there now, he would have been 10, maybe 9.5, 10 at the time. But he had more interest in that machine, that simple little machine, you wind the handle, and yeah. he was just amazed by it. And your man made him a, a bus three or four feet of a bit of rope. And he had more interest in that bit of rope and, and everything else for months. And you know, that's how you get fellas interested. That's how you get these, these young fellas interested in what's going on. Like. Oh, it is. You have to get them interested. Yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's simple things like that that, you know, the kids get, you know, they're, how things are made. And anything that's making something, it's, it's, it's you know, it proves very popular. Let it be hand operated or machine operated. Uh, anything that's moving and that's making something is, is a great attraction. Yeah, but like, like okay, we know that a lot of these tractors and these these cars they're absolutely brilliant, fabulous, and I'm a tractor man myself. But sometimes they can be very very expensive. But like, it doesn't have to. If you want to get into vintage, like Jim, sure, it doesn't have to be a tractor. You can have a bicycle. It can be a bicycle. It can be anything. Yeah, yeah. It can be anything nowadays. People out there collecting oil cans, they collect wrenches, you know, it can be anything that's old, you know, and there's a place for everything. There's a place for everything, there is, yeah, like I hear that. be household, now that's something is is getting to be, a, uh, was proven to be a great success in the last couple of years there, was household items. All right, yes. You know, old, old household items, yeah, now they yeah, were getting yeah, to be very yeah. popular because, well, again, like, if... The woman of the house comes along, she can relate to some of the stuff there, like that's, you know, you have to cater for, a, you have to try and make a family day out. You do, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You absolutely do, 100%. And you, you need you need household and the, let it be the farm implements or whatever, but you need something for everybody that they you can do, make, yeah. have an enjoyable day out in it, you know. You do, yeah, you have to, like you said, you have to have something for everyone, you have to have a, a complete mixture and, and keep the whole show going. Keep it going, yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, Jim, yeah. we're in the middle of this. This, I hope, I will. I hope we're not in the middle. I hope we're, we're three quarter ways out of it. But this, this COVID, um, of course, that has completely affected the vintage and the vintage rallies. They just haven't been on. It has affected the vintage rallies, the rallies and the road runs. It has affected them big time. Yeah. But I'd say the amount of new stuff that's going to be to be seen. When it when it will open up again, because yeah. everybody seems to be rebuilding something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the amount yeah. of stuff I say that's that's ready to roll now, freshly done and ready to go, waiting for the the, the gates to open, because it's there's been an amount of the stuff done in the last twelve months. There is. Also, yeah. I said it was done for years beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? That that's brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic to hear. I, I, I have something in the shed myself and I'm at it at the moment and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it very quiet so I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I, I'll tell you there soon when this thing turned off. But, um, you know, but, but no. Yeah, but th- th- that, is, that is the truth. Like the amount of stuff that's, that's, that's going ahead and lads ringing, where would I get this and where would I get that and how would I get around this? But there's, there's, there's a, a lot. And I even know myself, I have a lot of stuff done in the last 12 months that should have been done over the years we couldn't get to it couldn't get to it couldn't get to it you know? yeah. 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 yeah 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 but no look sure look it's brilliant and hopefully we we will we will get back get back into the in the hopefully the very the very near future as we call it well sure i suppose everything will will depend on what what way they'll open up now in may and june 
Now, whether they'll allow anything to go ahead in the second half of the year, it's hard to know. But maybe little bits of road runs or something might be a little bit possible. But it's just, I suppose, the social distancing and um, that's that's the biggest the biggest point around it. You know, and yeah, there yeah, was yeah, nothing yeah. nothing happened now last year, and so there's nothing not not even meetings going ahead. You know, the clubs can't even have meetings or anything. Sure, it's, it's no, kind of, they can't. You know, like, and, and my biggest fear, I suppose, to be honest, is that, um, like we said, a lot of the fellas at these club meetings and all that, they're, they're 50, we'll say 85% of them are, are 55 and 60 years of age plus. And yeah, my yeah. biggest fear is that when it will come back, that they won't be there to come back or they won't, or they'll be half afraid to come back. Sure, that is that is the problem, and sure, like it's, it's, it seems to be a problem that's going to face a lot of like the card games and social dancing and yeah. you know it's, it's going yeah. to, it's, it's this this thing is going to change our whole outlook on life I think for a lot of people it know? is yeah and you know what look it's it, like it's 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 a disaster away like away more ways than one like we said uh, it's, it's affecting the vintage but it has completely affected the charities and the charities big time yeah a lot yeah, of people yeah, have yeah. lost their lives to yeah. us but hopefully yeah. we'll be over that now and hopefully that'll be just, it'll be just getting on and we'll just move on with things and it, we, hopefully it'll be just a bad chapter in, in, in your life. Well, sure, that's what we'll be hoping anyway. Now, I, I know there, there seems to be a little bit better news for the last couple of weeks there now on, the, you know, on, on that side, but um, I still think it's, it's going to take a while to get people's confidence back even when things will open up. It will, yeah, because even I said to a friend of mine the other day, we were talking about, uh, we were, I was looking at a tractor actually, and we said to me, he said to me, like he said, if there was some place open tomorrow morning, would you go? And I said, I'd either be very first in the gate or I'd be very last in the gate. <laughs> I'd be there in yeah. the morning for half an hour and give a quick walk around, but I don't think I'd be staying there if there was a big crowd there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's where a lot of people are thinking, you know, just um, until, until... And they see some bit of a settle settle down on this thing, and that the vaccine has worked, and you yeah. know that I'd say people will be very cautious. Tell me, Jim. I suppose you're you're a man at the we call it the hell the helm of the of the whole thing. Um, what can you? I suppose you can't see the future, but what can you see being the next? Um, I suppose collector collector item. The next big thing, like I suppose, look, we'll always have cars, we'll always have tractors. I know we were saying there where to go, household items, but you know, in your opinion or whatever, do you think what's the next thing that people, if if people see it in a car boot sale next Sunday morning, they they should nearly pick up one and throw it up in the loft in the shed or something like that. <laughs> well, sure, I suppose there's collectors for everything, and. Yeah. Um, like as you say, there's there's plenty of collectors of tractors and cars and yeah, the horse machinery. Now you'd have a good few collectors in that uh, side of it as yeah, well. Yeah. And uh, how the household stuff is getting a little more popular, all right. And even look at all cameras and all that type of stuff. There's there's collectors for all them. Yeah, yeah. There is yeah, collectors yeah. for all them. And um, but you see, the problem is, the problem coming down the line is. Like stuff that has come in, in the last twenty years, there is so electronic and all that. Yeah. How do you start to restore any of that stuff? That's the thing. Like that's exactly. Or even you know, I was just thinking there myself. You know, 
even I, I have a lot well I won't say I, have a, I, have a, I won't say a large collection I have a good few of these model cars and these yeah. model tractors no okay I did buy a few of them but I've had most of them since I was a young fella and even I bought my own son probably a lot of these Hot Wheels and these other brands you know when he was four or five years of age but like they're all collectible in a way they're all well, they are, yeah. But, well, a lot, are, yeah. but a lot of the very very modern stuff now is plastic it's plastic, it is, yeah, it is. Like, you go back to all the matchbox stuff and all that years ago. Yeah. Like, when we were kids, like, well, any of that stuff today is it's fetching big money, and if it's in its original box, it's really it's really worth money. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. Like, you know, like even for someone there that's thinking about going to vintage rallies, uh, a couple of, like, if, if you don't have to have a massive collection. No. Like if no. you if you carried a few bits and pieces, and even if you have doubles and triples and all that, bring them. Some some there'll be someone else there that'll swap with you. Oh yeah, well there's always there's always somebody looking for looking for bits and pieces, yeah. you know. And even I always say that to people as well that say, actually there's no stuff from the back at home, but it's not worth bringing it. It's gone too far to restore it. But like there could be a piece upon one of them implements that somebody could be mad looking for and can't get. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 the particular item itself mightn't be able to be restored, but there could be a very important piece on it for someone that has, you know, that, like, unfortunately, a lot of our stuff is gone to the scrap with, with in skips and all that, like, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and like, the, a lot of our own, Things in, in, in agriculture, like we were made clean up scrap and clean up this and clean up that, and unfortunately, a lot of our heritage went in that clean up as well. It did, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, and I suppose that time there was, there was very little. We say in the sixties and the seventies when they kind of finished, which we call the horse machines. There was probably very little, little thought of them, and they were left outside in the corner of the field. And, and they were just left there, and then maybe thirty years later, there was a digger coming along, and they they smashed them down through the ground. Which were look, that's just yeah. A lot, it of, was. a lot of stuff was buried. A lot of stuff was buried. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah it was, yeah. yeah. Even my yeah. own, my own wife's uncle had a couple of plows, and they were buried. They were just buried. There were there were Ferguson plows, and they were just that was it. Job done. But you see, you had no recycling centres then either. No, you didn't. No, no. You know, that was the problem as well. Like, whereas now, you know, there's, 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 everything kind of can be taken to be recycled and, and that. But uh, it's just if, if people had stuff and they were, were anxious now, it mightn't be much worth a lot of money, but if it's only for, only for parts, you know, there's always a collector out there looking for a bit or a piece that, you know, if they, if they could contact someone or something because once it's gone and melted down, it's gone, never to be replaced. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I suppose in the other side of it is, a lot of the modern day stuff then, we say even the stuff from the last 10 years, life has become very recyclable. Oh, it has, yeah. It has, it has, it yeah. has. I you'd wonder, like, with a lot of the modern day stuff, will it ever be able to be held on to for vintage because there's so much electronics in it and all that, you know, it's going to be very hard to keep it and preserve it. And Whereas the older stuff from long ago, like, they were built to last. They were built to last, like they were. That's like, I, I had a phone. Well, I still have a phone, but years ago I had a phone. We mentioned no names, and this this rep came out, and I said to him, I said, "How come you don't build this particular type of phone anymore?" And he goes, "I'll give you one answer." He said, "They were too good." 
<laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He yeah. said they were yeah. too good. Yeah. He said they lasted too long, and he said we were making no money out of them. Yeah. yeah, everything is only a short lifespan now and yeah. replace it. It's a, it's a disposable society we're living in, old Yes, yes. Like, you know, you don't see the TV repairman coming out to houses now like years ago or, you know, if, if anything electronic now, if anything happens, you just when you buy a new one and so even, that, one goes, that one goes back in for recycling. Yeah, but even in saying that, like ourselves here now, we have a dishwasher and the dishwasher is 13 years old and we're gone completely away from vintage now the dishwasher is 13 years old and there's a little rubber strip at the bottom of the door to stop the water coming out and they're going back i suppose a little after christmas um the dishwasher started leaking so i investigated it and i discovered this rubber strip was after getting perished and so i went on i rang our local i suppose what electrical shop or whatever you want to call it where you buy a dishwasher and um, how old is it? Give me the number. No, completely gone. They can't, parts can't be got for that anymore. And then I went yeah. on the internet and I went searching the internet and I, I, I just couldn't get it. And we ended up buying a new dishwasher. And, you yeah. know, it is an awful disgrace. Life has become so recyclable, like it's such. Yeah, everything is today. That's, that's the problem, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. is the biggest problem. But. Thankfully, though, there's a lot of stuff out there that's that's good enough to stay going, and it is buildable, you know. And and there is people out there at them all the time. Yeah, there is completely. And do you know what? Even I said it here before. Some of the older stuff, the older tractors, especially maybe not so much the cars, because the cars have keeping up with the Joneses next door, maybe. But. A lot of the tractors, the older tractors are holding their value because they have no electronics, they have no nothing, and they have none of this Ed Blue. So hopefully they might, no. they might, they might be around in a couple of years' time. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I need the older stuff. Like it, it's all, it's holding its value, you know, as it well. Is, yeah. And because a lot of people like the modern stuff, you know, it is giving trouble because the older stuff didn't, but. To get bits for the older stuff is the biggest problem, you know. That's the problem as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I spoke to a fellow there, Jim, a couple of weeks ago. Ron, Ron Harmon. He was. He's in America. Do you ever hear of the tractor, the Big Bud tractor? And yeah. I've that. That's up in a podcast. And he told me a lot of the the companies now in America are being carried to court because what they some they're looking for what they're calling it is a right to repair, and they're looking that this the stuff that you'll tell you'll tell me how you made this or, and I, I'll have a right to make a part for it or whatever like you know alright it's going yeah. on at the moment in America so that that could change a lot of things worldwide it could yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Could. Jim that's yeah. kind of it I can't I, I can't think of any more to ask you only if if, if, if a fella if there's someone listening and they're thinking that they might want to join up your club how do they go about it well I'm sure this this there's not much problem. Like um, we have, we have a website there, IVGE. They can go in on that. They can download the forums, or if they don't want, they can, if they get onto our headquarters in the Swallows quarters in Dunamore in Port East There, um, you know, they could, they could, they, they, or, or they can ring any of us, any of the directors at any stage, and they'll, they'll help me with with membership our membership fee is 30 euros for the year mm-hmm. and as they say it entitles you to um cheaper insurance on 
On, on vintage vehicles now, we only do we only do insurance for vintage vehicles. Yeah. People that are involved in the vintage and and for the vintage trucks for events and things like that. And maybe road runs or whatever they be running, you know. So that's basically it. Like where where there's there's always someone on at the other end of the phone. We don't work nine to five or anything like that. It's just, if you're around to answer the phone we're, we're open <laughs> yeah 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 very good very good brilliant 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 come here Jim uh, thanks very much for coming on with us we really appreciate it no and thank yourself for having us thanks no, for having us adventure. absolutely delighted to, and hopefully Ho- we'll, hopefully we'll be able to get to meet our members in the near future just when things settle down again and you know that we'll be able to get back to the rally fields again and have days out, enjoy right, ourselves. That's right. More looking, looking, looking forward to it every day. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Jim, thank you very much for coming on. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. How are you doing, folks? That was um, Jim Fogarty there from the IVETA Irish Vintage and Tractor Engine association i probably have it wrong but that's fine and my apologies um jim jim's there jim's a, a long-standing member of that organization and crew and the whole lot and um thanks again there to jim for coming on for me that's kind of it for myself for this week um it was a kind of a mixed bag um hopefully we have something else something lined up for you next week i'm not going to say too much but i think um i think i have a fellow coming on with me next week and he's going to talk about i'm looking here on the phone give me one second um i'm hoping he's going to talk about oh my god bintley bintley cars so hopefully he'll come on with us and i won't mention no name in case in case he can't come on and um We'll just make it up as we go along. Uh, all this will be available, most of this will be available on a podcast, Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life. And uh, keep an eye out for the YouTube channel as well. I have Connor Engineering there. Um, that'll be on next Sunday at 12 o'clock. Um, it'll be on YouTube, just Morgan O'Flaherty. Get on there, hit like, hit subscribe. And you, I have a couple more of them. We have Malone Engineering. They're all coming on with us, so hopefully we'll... We'll get going. Hit like, hit subscribe, give a view, leave a comment, and um, hopefully that'll be. We'll get going, and that's kind of it for myself. So, and of course, thanks to Patrick. Patrick, we'd be absolutely, completely, utterly lost without you. Um, so that's it, guys. Thanks very much, and um, hopefully I'll talk to you all again next Friday morning. Um, stay safe, stay at home, do whatever you have to do. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye now. How you doing, folks? You're very welcome. Um, Morgan O'Flaherty here with Country Life. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. Um, thanks for tuning in. I thought this morning we have a, a bit of a celebrity with us. Um, told about him. Pat, Pat Conroy put me in touch with him. We spoke to Pat a couple of weeks ago there about his limousine cars. Um, Pat told me, he said, reach out to Richard. He said, Richard is into vintage and he's into classic cars. What an absolute gentleman. You'll hear there what he's going to say to me. Um, all this again is available on a podcast. So if you're running out the door to work or you can't, you haven't got time to listen to the whole lot. Um, Richard, I don't know, this is going to be on a podcast um, as well. So you can download it and you can listen to it in your own your own free time. Um, Richard, brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you very much for coming on with me. Um, this is what Richard had to say. And um, I'll talk to you after this. Richard, how are you? Not 
bad. Thanks, Morgan. How are you? Richard, I'm not so bad. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for coming on with us. We know you have a, a, a packed a packed schedule, as we call it. <laughs> it's busy now at the moment, but we have the health to do it. Yeah, yeah, you're a busy man. Do you know what? Fair play to you. You're yeah. keeping going. I suppose, Richard, um, I will say you're, you're the first politician I had on. Um, but I suppose you're not here because you're a politician. I, I have you here because you also have a love of vintage tractors and vintage cars and vintage machinery. I do. I, I have a uh, uh, love of anything to do with our past and our heritage as what we grew up with. Um, and, and, but what I love doing with them is using them for the benefit of helping others. And that's the main love that I use them because you're then using something that you had within your your past or your, your father and mother's past and you're using it to create uh, good memories and create funding for people that are actually in need and that's why I actually got into it even more. Brilliant, brilliant, absolutely. John, you're 100% right. And I was also told in about you that you, you're, you're a great man to organise um, a road run or a vintage day or something like that for different needs and for different charities and different people along the way. Yeah, well, it's experience, I suppose, from down the down the years of, um, like, pre-COVID, we've, we had an awful lot of runs where people are in desperate need of funding or if they're in health and we want to help families and the communities want to do something. Yeah. And when, when you connect um, vintage and you connect other activities, you can create a most memorable day. And one of the one memorable days that, that um, our two of them actually was, we done a run for Donny um, and it was absolutely outstanding. Um, trucks went, went from Kildaimo and uh, this, that we started off in um, the Seven Sisters. Mm-hmm. And on that day, no one left Donny down. Um, we put out a call. 400 and something odd vehicles turned up between trucks, tractors, cars, motorbikes. Uh, turned up that day to raise funds for, for, for Donny, God rest him. And nobody left anyone behind. Uh, oh, nice. And it was an absolutely uh, fantastic day. It was a memorable day because Donny was there himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another one we done was for Pink for Peggy, Peggy Tierney, God rest her. Mm-hmm. And again, it was absolutely fantastic turnout. Community, there was a dog walk, there was cake sales, there was tickets. And, and everything ran out because people wanted to give so much to help people. And all we do is facilitate through yeah. our heritage yeah. how we can help others. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I suppose, Richard, you come across to me as a man that has... I suppose you have great roots and you appreciate the vintage side of things as well and our, a lot of our older stuff. Well, I do. And I try every year to do something even with my own my own children. And my oldest, oldest boy now is, is 23 and my youngest boy is 13 and I have two other lads as well in between. Um, but what we try and do is, I try. my father was born in 1911. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up old school um, at the time and people would often say to me because I'm 50 years of age myself now and people said you wouldn't remember the horse and cart and you wouldn't rem-. but see I did because my father used all that stuff yeah. up until he was 83 or 4 years of age uh, in the garden doing those work so I learned uh, a bit from the horses and then from the earlier time of the vintage tractors when you did Ferguson 20s and all all that up along the line but that's where my love came from it because 
at the time I probably didn't I was looking at it and saying that this machine is dinosaur stuff and <laughs> yeah. and do I have to use this and do I yeah. but as you get older and you have children of your own you actually start to respect it but it's the memories it brings back to you yeah. to your childhood and that you then start seeing um, a horseplower, you see a tractor, you see a car, that it might have been the first family car that you had. And then you start to say, do you know something? And you get one of these and you do it up. And people that go to runs, that do up their, their cars or tractors or motorbikes or whatever they have or trucks, mm-hmm. they come because the amount of love that has gone into re- re- refurbishing the machinery that they've done. And they bring it out to show it help others and it also helps other people that can't have the machinery that they grew up with that they come out and see it. We've went to nursing homes uh, uh, we do one day a year going to different type nursing homes and they see the residents coming out and yeah. they're putting their hand above in the bonnet of it or no matter what we have even tools um, that have different ornaments from different eras uh, of even from the shops that have them there but they come out and um, nursing homes told us that the, the day that was given that the memories are brought back to those people it was like if they stepped right back in time on the days yeah. and they started telling their staff and stuff and telling their families and friends about what they were looking at and they, that's what we're here for yeah, we're I here to, to, to help and it's vintage can do so much for people and the, the vintage clubs and people in Ireland are the biggest family yeah. That, that you'll ever come across because they come from all counties to help no matter when the call goes out they all come out to help and they all have the same um, thinking they all want to help and do whatever they can to do and they have raised millions over the yeah. last number of years yeah. for charities and for people yeah. that were not provided by the state yeah correct that's, that's a lot of it and you know what I often say here myself Richard Ireland and the government of Ireland are actually so lucky that the people of Ireland are so generous because the amount of money that's donated every year to different charities, whether it be a local charity or a national charity, by some of these events is just, it's just a phenomenal amount of money, like. Yeah, but Ireland Ireland known, are known worldwide for, everyone loves to see the Irish coming because we're happy, we're lucky, caring, uh, giving people and and that actually transforms all over the world when, when you when you see people that that no matter where you you went that they love seeing the Irish coming. They do. So uh, and and that speaks for itself with the people that we have. It does, yeah, without without a shadow, without you know, I agree with you hundred percent. They love to see us coming, and you know, no matter how little you might have the people will always put their hand in their pocket for someone that might be that little bit worse off. Yeah, and we have had, I'm involved in the Greybridge uh, Classic Club, I'm involved in Chava Vintage Club, I'm involved in the West Limerick Vintage Club. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's young children from seven and eight years of age become members, up to people that are 90 and even probably nearly up to 100 in different clubs. Mm-hmm. But on the day that there is a run-on or if there's a field day on, from the youngest to the oldest, there is no age differentiation between them because they all work together. And yeah. it's the most best thing you can see um, that you can have. And Billy Conway behind, uh, Conway behind uh, West Limerick, um, after my own young lad went back down, they show him how to make clay bricks. They 
will remember that in years to come. Yeah. And they go out. And his, his brother Pat was the man that took me into the doll for my first day in the doll in, in the 1959 Plymouth, yeah. which was which was a, a car that was used in the entourage with JFK when he came to yeah. uh, to Ireland. And Pat offered to take me. He, he, uh, years before, he said, if you ever get elected to the doll, he said, I'm taking you. And when I got elected, <laughs> the, one of the first four gods I got was from Pat, from Pat, and he said to me, Richard, we're going to Dublin. Brilliant. Yeah, and if you know, anyone was listening, I interviewed Pat there a couple of weeks back. It's all there on the podcast if you want to go in and listen to Pat. <laughs> Pat has a fantastic story about his cars. Yeah, well, Pat is, but not only uh, Pat and his cars, uh, Pat has models made of different, uh, of, of castles and different, he's an absolutely gifted man, and, and, and Billy the same, they're absolutely gifted, but they're old school gifted, yeah. which, which which is lacking today, and we can see even they've offered a big push on trades now at the moment for people to go back into apprenticeships, mm-hmm. um, because all the focus went on to education for many, many years, and I kept saying to them, I said, we're going to lose up because we have no people in the trades yeah, and we'll have no people to teach trades because a lot of the people will be retired you have to make sure the best trade you get is hands on trade with somebody that has the experience of, of life and experience of, of whether it's building or whatever craft you're involved in it's experiences by watching and working with people that have lifelong experiences yeah without a shadow of a doubt absolutely and tell me Richard uh, listen to your, uh, you, you I think you told me you might have a couple of cars and tractors of your own as well I do. I have. I have. Um, I have a Ferguson Twenty at home, and my young lad um, was out last night, and he was rolling the field with the Ferguson Twenty. Um, and you know something? It brought a smile to my face to see him doing it, and I watched him doing it. And um, I don't know what's with me. And we were just to hear the, the putting along. Yeah. I have a massive Ferguson One Six Five, which I have, and I drove it myself when I was seventeen, and I always loved the track. I didn't see it for about 20 odd years yeah. but didn't it, didn't it reappear and wasn't it going for export <gasps> and, and yeah. I got it but I got a phone call that there was a tractor coming and when I went up and I saw it it was like something that was after being lost and yeah. I have that and I restored it and I have it and I have a couple of cars there that from um, I have a Toyota Celica and I have two Golf GTIs then as well and they've been there but they're projects that it might take me a couple of years to finish them but listen when okay. I get time that's okay it's, yeah. it's okay but, but they will all be used for betterment of others and the, the the time and the love that will go into these vehicles to do them they will do something good for somebody else down the line correct correct yeah and you, you know, know? What? it's a it's a great hobby because I did get it myself here at a, an old tractor in the shader acting a fool with something as I do call it but you know it's it's great I, my young fella's 11 he comes out in the shade and my daughter's four and she'll be with me and sure look it, it, it's time you spend with your kids and your family and it's just downtime and it has to be done well it, it's very funny you say that because um, when, when my wife wouldn't be a lover, a lover of vehicles that you you sit into a car and you drive it and, yeah. uh, to, and it takes you from me to be uh, once it has a steering wheel and four wheels so that's fine it's okay yeah. for us and and that that's where but when she sees us outside in the yard and we're coming and we're in the shed and, and we're doing something she says for God's sake will you come in out a day on <laughs> that but as I said to, to her 
often and and she, she realizes it is that when the the young lads go out you see it in a couple of time you'll see the young lad will go out without you and he'll have a one or two of his friends and the outside and they're not better off outside to be spanners inside in the engine of the car or doing something then if there if there's no other activities around the place where they can be getting themselves into trouble this is a place where they can go out and they're using their head and their minds yeah. and it's an interest for young young boys and girls Correct. that and and equally, boys and girls are into to rallying. They're into to vintage. They're into yeah. because they have an interest, and it's great that they can go out there. Let them if they break it, let them break it. They'll have great fun trying to fix it then again, yeah. and that's what they do. But at least they're outside and they're doing something away from the social medias and away from all the other stuff that's there. It gives them time to themselves yeah. uh, to do something themselves and be constructive. Actually, uh, do you know a lot of the young people there and. Young people, everything, it doesn't matter. Like, if you go around to some of these shows, and like they might have a more modern vintage car, as I would yes. call it, kind of 1990 stuff. But if you look at these cars, the time and the effort they have put yes. into getting them right, um, yes, it's, it's an absolute credit to them. Like, it is, but also the time and effort that they put into them, they're minding their money and they're, they're working and they're getting their money and they're, they're spending on stuff, stuff that they can see. Yeah. And yeah. They, they've worked in, and if you put work into something and if you work at something and you save for something to fix something, you'll respect it. Correct. And, and the respect that these young people are shown, and you go to the shows and you can see they have thousands put into these. Um, but it's thousands that they could have been doing other stuff. Correct. And as I said, the other stuff could have been getting them into trouble or they could yeah. end up being addicts or anything. Yeah. It's a way, it's a way out for them to spend a few pounds and have something at the end of the day that they can say, I done that, yeah. I made this, uh, and I improved this. And that's, it gives them that bit. But on the social media side of things, uh, and it's more so I see my, my uh, older young lad there, he's into engineering, but if he's at something in a car and he doesn't understand it, how comes the phone and he'll Google it? And yes. from, a, from a social, that's brilliant too, because yeah. he can walk to help. Yeah, yeah, and, and they yeah. can figure out and they can see if other people have made mistakes and they, they learn. But they, that's the new age. They have a new way of learning and it's a new way of getting things done. It's like going from the ordinary drill. Now they're back to, everything is battery and there's no yeah. leads running around the place and no generators running. It's all battery, which is good too. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred and ten percent. You know the phones and technology and everything. But look, it's fine. It's grand. It's perfect. It's brilliant. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. And if you if you can work on everything, is absolutely brilliant. Uh, right. But the, the best thing um, we see, and my, my I go my own children again, is that uh, every time they go out, they say, "Here he goes again." Hello, how are you? I, I always make it a point that if I'm walking down the street or no matter where I am. I won't put my head towards the ground. Even if I haven't done something for somebody I was supposed to, I'll keep my head up and I'll say hello. Yeah. Because you might meet a person that it might be the only hello they got all day. Correct. It might, right? And that person, the next time they meet you, they would stick their head up and say hello back to you. And if they want to talk to you, it, it's the, the Irish thing coming back again. Yeah. It's yeah. very easy to, to come out and say hello, how are you today? A lovely day. And uh, have a small conversation. That's what Irish are best at. Yeah, and that's right. what you're the best at. And that's like if people living in cities and they don't know who's living next door to them. That's exactly but, it, but, yeah. But if you're in the country and they, they might be miles to the next person, everyone knows everyone because 
they, they meet them and they have a chat with them and that, which is a social thing that, that, that is brilliant in the rural areas that, that people get a chance in the towns and villages everyone knows everything and they help each other and the simple thing about saying hello and, and having a chat which I always do and my own, as I say my own children give out to me that it could take me 20 minutes to walk walk for me but still if it does and somebody wants to talk to you you have to talk to them too. yeah you have to talk and be friendly and be sociable and that's fine like you said that might be the only smile or hello that person might have got all day Exactly, yeah. and it's good. It's good for people to know that somebody has recognised them on a day, and and no matter if if they're back back at you or if they don't, or they don't say that, that's fine. That's fine too. But that everyone should always get an alone on a day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, correct. I agree with you hundred percent. Tell me, Richard. I suppose I can't interview on here without asking you about politics. Um, <laughs> what I suppose, look. I'll be honest with you, I have very little interest in politics, but why why politics? Why did you go down the line of, I suppose, first of all, a councillor, or, or, or what way did you start and work, work your way up to being in the doll now? I started, my father, uh, God rest him, was a big follower of Fianna Fáil, mm-hmm. and my mother was uh, Fianna Gael family, so as I said to people, I said, uh, they, they created an independent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> I joined Pina Fall at an age of 18 and mm-hmm. I was one of the youngest uh, chairperson of the local common at the time and I was involved in politics up along the line and then I decided I'd go for the council in 2009 and God rest my father, he was on his deathbed at that time mm-hmm. um, and he was a great age of 98 when he passed away but I went for the council that time and I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Well, I still knew I wanted to help and um it was something I was interested in, and it wasn't the politics side of it I was interested in. Yeah. It, uh, getting the connections to know people that I can help others was the yes. main that I had. So uh, I got elected in 2014, and I always believed that, that there should be two representatives, and we went at the party at the time, and we looked for a second representative to run in the 2016 elections, and they wouldn't run one. Mm-hmm. So I thought if they didn't run one, I was going to run. I said everyone should have a choice, no matter in life, everyone should have a choice. Yeah. So, and in 2016, uh, it was a long shot and for, um, and I left the party and became independent in 2015 and I didn't get elected. Mm-hmm. But what it did show me is that I had great support and with a, with a lot of work. So I put my head down again and I went again and um, I, got, I got elected as a councillor um, and when I got elected in the council, there was a snap election called uh, six months later. Yeah, I said I'm going for it, right. and I did, and I got elected. Um, I'm ever so happy uh, that I made the right decision uh, of becoming an independent because I'm an independent person. I have been all my life. I'm on the road since I'm 16 years of age. I'm self-employed, uh, and I have been all my life, and I will remain self-employed while, while I have the health to do it because I think it keeps you grounded. Yeah. If you put your whole life into um, becoming a politician, and I do believe myself that we have um, an over-educated um, uh, educated cabinets. I do believe that they're all coming from teachers, solicitors, barristers, yeah. all that direction and doctors are honest. But if you look at it from a perspective, we don't have any farmers, we don't have any business people on it um, that are actually farming all in business themselves yeah. that are within 
management system. So I treat everything every day is treated like a business. I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything, but I try and surround myself with people from different uh, educations and different walks of life, and we all move forward. Yeah, I I don't know everything. I work on the experience of other people that I have my experience, they have theirs. Once we're all in the one um, t- way of thinking that we're moving forward for the betterment of people. So independence gives me that, um, that I have a free hand to work with everyone. I don't distinguish against any party. I work with all parties and none. Perfect. But once we betterment and we're moving forward so i am an independent i will remain an independent um if i go to the elections the next time out and i don't get elected i will have hand in heart have done my best and yeah. if my best isn't good enough then i still have done my best and that's what i said everyone that's going out doing anything these days you can never have a regret if you have done your best yes correct and you'll meet people along the way um that are brilliant people. You'll meet people that will try and take the legs out from under you. But if you buy into that stuff, uh, if you get knocked down, you get back up and you move forward. That's yeah. what I do every day. I get knocks in life and I get things thrown at me and you'll get stuff that's said that, that are untruths and you get things that are said truths. Yeah. I take everything as it's merit. If it's for you, it won't pass you. And if you get up in the morning and you've got the, the great health to well, you can get up and open your eyes and get up and have the health to get out of bed and move forward. Every day is a new day. Yeah. And I think everything is, as I said, I had a person said to me one time, um, yesterday's gone, today is here, and tomorrow hasn't come. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why I treat everything um, on that, that farm. If, if I come out tomorrow morning up my driver, and if I turn left, even though I was supposed to turn right, I'm turning left for a reason because that's where my path is taking me today and that's where I go. And and everything happens for a reason. Yeah, you can yeah, help. yeah, yeah. Again, you, you were a fantastic attitude. You were, you were a brilliant, brilliant attitude, really, to be honest about it. Well, I work with everyone. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. And I don't... You're a person. It doesn't matter if you have millions, and I'm delighted that you have millions, and if you have nothing, the same thing goes. You're still a person, yeah. and you're treated the same with me, and everyone is an equal, and that's the way everyone should be treated. Perfect. And as I say, I'm self-employed, and the one thing that I'm self-employed for, I have two things in my life that keeps me grounded. The first thing is I wouldn't be where I am today only for my wife. Yeah. Support and the back end of my family that have given me. And the second thing is my business. If How can you uh, go to the doll and say to people that uh, business is this and business is that, unless you know yourself and you're trying to make ends meet, you know then what, what bills are being paid out for, you have your wages and you have everything else to do, how can you comment on things if you have no experience of it yourself on a daily basis? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to bring. The biggest thing we lack, lack in this country is common sense. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Last week in the doll, an ounce of cop on is better than a stone of brains. And that's why I went back to we have an overeducated group that it's tick box, tick box, and a tick, tick in the box. Yeah. Why do we have to tick the box? Why can't we use common sense? I use common sense all my life, and it's got me where I am today. 
and it is all helped a lot of other people that you can change things around for the betterment of people and you have to use common sense when it comes to different different um, criteria. But common sense and education of life yeah. is the best that you'll ever have. And no matter what your child wants to be tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. no matter what they want to be, if they're happy getting out of bed tomorrow morning, whether it is painting or whether it is plaster or whether it's electrician or whether it is a doctor or whether if they're happy at doing it they'll be happy for the rest of their lives yeah because yeah. it's what they chose and they might change once or twice throughout their life that but if you're happy going to work you'll never have to be called for work yeah 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 no it's a simple outlook so yeah. no matter what my children do I'll help them and I'll, I'll support them the best way I can to make the best decision for themselves. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's what they will be happy to do and what life has set out in front of them. You can guide them, but guide them to where they want to be, that you feel that they're going to be happiest themselves and give them the trials to make their own decisions. Perfect. Like, like a fellow said to me one time, he said, if you, if you love what you do, he said, you'll never, you'll never go to work. Exactly. And, yeah. that, 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 and so I love what I do. Uh, um, and as my my wife said to me, Kay, one that says, Richard, if you put as much time into your business as you do to everyone else's business, she says, we'll be well off. But she says, we're well off in another way. She says that we're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Do you know what? You, you, you have a fantastic attitude, Richard. Absolutely. Tell me, Richard, um, I suppose I couldn't bring you on here without asking you a, a couple of other questions. I suppose I've been doing this now for maybe... I suppose whatever, maybe two years or a bit more, and that's what the same questions that have come up and come up and come up again, and the same things that people bring up with, is I suppose a job for yourself, Richard. I think I think we're going to appoint you minister for vintage. Minister <laughs> for vintage. Yeah, um, we're, 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 I think I I think, I think that should be minister for culture. Yes, like, correct. It's not vintage. It's it's culture. It's our yeah. past. It's it's. It's memories, it's happy memories, it's sad memories, it's it's a reminder of the people that have gone before us and it's something that we can cherish um, as everyone that has, has people that have had family members that passed away, whether they were a partner or brother or sister or um, uncles, aunts or parents. Yeah. They are something that they look at that reminds them of the good days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our culture. Absolutely, I know in the UK they have a minister for that he covers all that, and that's his whether it is his full portfolio or whether this is only a small bit of his portfolio. I don't know, but um, I know a lot of people that I spoke to believe that we should have a minister of, of that, of something here to look after that as well. And well it, it, it's a joyous one because what yeah. you can actually do, do with it is. Um, and it's probably what um, we've seen throughout the lockdown mm-hmm. is it, it can bring happiness. Yeah. And people are seeing too much doom and gloom and it, this can actually bring happiness, which is absolutely, uh, and memories. And as I said at the earlier amount, if you have people that are, are in, in nursing homes or in care centres, it, it brings back their youth, their memories, and it's something that they can relate to their children, their grandchildren, and it, 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 the power of it is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. What can be done with it? Yeah, oh, I agree with you 110%, without a doubt. And tell me, Richard, the other thing is that keeps getting mentioned here is, you know, 
if you if you have a car and I know yourself and Pat went through this before as well um, and if you want to get the car re-registered now you can get a number plate we'll say whatever 70 Limerick or 70 KY or whatever it might be or you can get a ZV plate but a couple yes. of people have been complaining lately now that the ZV plates are gone into five digits yes. and they're saying it should go to either VZ or ZVI or do what they do in the UK as again. I hate using the UK as, as a reference, but get give the car a period plate from that era, whether it be ZV or IN or AIN or whatever it is. Uh, yes, have you any theories on that, Richard, for me? Or? I believe that the, the, the car of their year and their year, that's what should be put on any vehicle. And I suppose it was the first time I met Pat was uh, was because of the Plymouth that he has yeah and why um, I got involved uh, with Pat at the time was that they were they were offering that type of place to Pat mm-hmm. and it did not represent the vehicle that he had yeah, and yeah. because it was a state vehicle one time um, it, it created obstacles but I got, at the time, Limerick County Council, I had to get involved because this car had, has heritage. This car had 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 a massive thing when JFK that was in the, in the passage when, when JFK came. So it was important that the, the number plate of that vehicle and the history of that vehicle should be recorded for the year that it was of its manufacture and its history. So I believe any vehicle that is here today that's been re-registered should get the plate of it. It's, listen, when you're born, mm-hmm. I was born, Richard Joseph Odenho. Yeah. If if somebody said to me, Richard, um, you were born, but I now want to call you some, some other name, I'd say, no, my name was Richard Joseph Odenho and I was born in Van Og, County Limerick. Yeah. And that is my history. That's where I started out in 1970. That is my year. If somebody said to me, Richard, we want to change your year and we want to give you a, a different... No. It goes to the historical age of the vehicle. And if it's a case that the, that the vehicle can had no registration at the time or so, then it goes to the year that represents the year yeah. it was manufactured. And there's any place... I don't agree with it. I think it has to go back to the, the, the year of manufacture. And there, there has to be specialised years as you were given when you were born. Correct. Exactly the same thing. So that would be my opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. And tell me, the other thing then, Richard, I know it, it was tried there for a while. I think it, I, it was either Wexford or Waterford. It was actually true, FOSS. We, we call it Solus now. Um, going back to basic car maintenance. Um, they they introduced a thing below. I seen it on Facebook one time. Uh, they done it as a trial run. Now it was before COVID, and I suppose look in my very meagre opinion, I think it's something that that every town and every foss and every solace in the country could do with running even a night course. Um, for people, it, it was it was basic vintage car maintenance. That's what it was, and the upkeep of your vintage car. And and a hundred percent. And I think it, it is something. It's what it can lead into, right? Yeah. And if you do it within the force, and if you do it within, in, there's many branches you can break off from that, from basic maintenance. Mm-hmm. People can actually branch off, and they might actually decide when after doing the maintenance that it's somebody that's on a scheme that might decide, you know, something I want to go valeting, 
or I right. want to go into pose. I might want to go do something in mechanical point of view. I might want to go penalty. There's so many avenues that you could that it might it, you might just get an interest on one thing within it, but it gives you the basic of how to keep your motor running right yeah. and the basic tools and the simple thing like a check and a vibe for the newer cars today and I like comes up in the older vehicles you've got to get out the lipstick and check yeah. it and the, they are the basics but if you learn stuff from the old basics right in the yeah. newer car there's no basics it's plug in see what's wrong and it throws up a light but again, you're taking away the basics of any person that trains that mouse. If you learn the basics on an old model, a new model will never phase you because the basic stuff is still there. Yes, you have all these different components now where they're using relays and this, that, and the other. But that's fine, but the basics are still there. Yeah, the same so, thing. The basics will always kind of be the same as such. Like. Will always be the basic. But it, it gives people, um, if they have something like that, it might give them the idea that they might want to go back and fix an old vehicle and maintain it. And also when it goes back to the, the our vintage cars, what would they do in the, in the year? I think one of them, I think, done six or 700 miles in, in a year that uh, we were out. And that would be the most in a whole year. So the car is in it, it's stored. You have to give it its, its natural checks. But it's not like an, a normal car today. It's doing 25,000 kilometers a year. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. It's the basic stuff that you have to look at. You look at your tires to make sure that you got to keep them within the five years. But over those years and things like that, that these vehicles are doing, the, the, the stuff that was in the older cars are not in the new cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going down... Where we're living now at the moment, we're living, I suppose, in a very disposable, a uh, plastic kind of a uh, reality, I suppose, at the moment. Like, and everything that they're doing, as they said, it's all supposed to be recyclable and all the rest of it. But the, the stuff is not in the vehicles anymore. Yes, they're doing better on fuel. And you look at the diesel engines that are there today, and they have the blues and all the rest of it that are going in for the for the environment. And yes, we have to save environment. We have two million vehicles in this country. Mm-hmm. I think we've twelve thousand electric vehicles, yeah. but the ve- we can't change this at present because there is no there's been no inf- infrastructure put into any town or village to allow you the bus routes to go if you want to take a bus, if you want the connectivity to anywhere that hasn't been introduced. So the only vehicle that we have at the moment is our petrol and our diesel vehicles, and yes, they are made more efficient and they are helping the environment. Yes, but we, they're. You cannot change that without an alternative. Yeah. And if you don't have an alternative, you can't change it. You can if you're in a town or city, uh, people in a, in, a, in, a, in a large cities and things like that, they can get away with electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They have, they have trains, they have buses, they have taxis, they have everything at their fingertips. But once you go outside the speed limit of any of those cities, the infrastructure is not there. You might have two buses today going somewhere and they might be dependable to get you to work or get... So you, the infrastructure, if you want to bring down the level of cars in this country, you need to put in the infrastructure and invest in the infrastructure and yeah. then phase out. Uh, you will then have less vehicles and less cars on the road, which is fine if you've got the infrastructure. Yes, correct. You can't. Yeah, but one thing I see there myself is like that, in my own very meagre opinion, is... I think that a lot, especially a lot of our towns and cities, um, every town and city now has taxis. I think that's where they should start. The taxis are doing short runs all day in and out around the town and stuck in traffic and whatnot. Um, I think that they should be all 
brought into electric cars first. That's my that's my thing. But the other, the other side of it, then, is if you're living where you are, or you're living where I am, and if you have to go to Dublin, um, yeah. I don't think there's any electric cars, or there probably is, but there's no electric cars that I can afford that's going to get me to Dublin and back in, in one go if I had to go this minute. Yeah, but right, if we, we say now in, in any of these uh, towns, of so you go to Croom, you go to Ballingarry, right? Mm-hmm. The, the most that you will have in those areas to cover the, the, those areas will possibly be one to two taxis maximum, okay? Yeah. The footfall that they would have to use their, their vehicle would not justify them to have electric vehicle because if they had to invest in an electric vehicle, yeah. you need footfall. So for footfall, they will use the vehicle for you to transport because of the cost of them. Yeah. If you go to like Kilmanock, then you would have three to four taxis will cover that area. Yeah. Right. But again, they need the footfall. But if under the 2040 plan at the moment, they are trying to restrict the towns and villages what they can build. So why would you invest in something knowing that that the capacity of the town or village that you're in cannot will not increase. So in other words, if you're investing in something on, on a flat, so if you have any business tomorrow morning, you're looking at your projections, or five-year projections, 10-year projections, whether it's farming, whatever you're going to go. Yeah. But anything that's coming within a government plan at the moment is restricting that. So it stops people from investing in infrastructure in the rural areas, such as the towns and villages, because they're capping them at what they have presently. Whereas in the cities, they're growing and growing and growing. Yeah, so absolutely. If, if they're going to do something like that within a county system, you have to give affordable funding to them to upgrade their vehicle because they don't have the footfall. Yes, 110%. Yeah, 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 I absolutely yeah, agree with you. The people to upgrade and do things that, would, uh, that you have their, their business capped, it means that, that they're actually going to be at a loss when they invest in the first place. Yeah. So then you've got to subsidize and invest in them to help them go forward. If the, if you're not allowing that footfall to rise, you have to in you have to subsidize that then. Yeah. And, and yeah. That, when it comes down to if you have a local shop in the area, a local shop that you that we have in O'Gorman's there in Grana, mm-hmm. he had everything in that shop that that we need, but it, it, it it's he has to store every type of product that you need. Yeah, yeah. If you're a shop, if you're a shop in Limerick City, out of your shop in the customers, you get away with selling three or four items. Where he might need twenty items. And what happens in the reverse of that is, because he has to store a bigger amount of stuff, he gets charged more rates because he's he's more housing the houses. Yes. Where in a smaller shop, you have smaller products, and you have the footfall that are coming in out you that sustains you to have a smaller shop and have less yeah. products. That's where we need to go around. They need to flip it around. If you want somebody to subsidize and bring down the, the traveling time for people to go to subsidize the local businesses in areas that their, their footfalls are capped or they're not allowed to grow and subsidize them, that would stop people from traveling to the bigger bigger shops and, and different things. And if COVID has taught us one thing, Mark, who stood by us through COVID? are your small shops yeah. and businesses, local businesses. Yeah. And I hope that people realize going forward that they're the businesses because you looked after them during the COVID and they looked after you. You should continue to do it for, the, for everyone to grow and not forget who was the most important people to us and helping things, things during our hardest time when lockdown. Yeah. Because 
within the five kilometer rule when they had it, a lot of people had a shop within the five k. A lot of people may not. Right? Mm-hmm. But at least you had something local that you get that the bit you had to need to do it. And find people went to do their big shops and whatever they had to go to other places. But again, don't forget that when everything is opening up and don't start rushing back into the city and buying and forgetting about the local shops that kept us going during the hardest time that we had. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, even my own local shops here, like, you know, they set up, they set they had a big sign up below on the door and, you know, we'll deliver the food to you, we'll do whatever. And they did. They did. They had boxes, they had vans, our local shop here, they had vans going around the place and they delivered coal. And, you know, it was brilliant. It really brought people home and it, it, it I don't know, I felt that it, 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 it gave people a kind of a community spirit again, like, you know, brought them back to their own local, local roots, like. Yeah, but Morgan, if you look at another thing, and I've seen it there, no great is in Ballingarry, mm-hmm. right? And just one example of other places, and they evolved on it. The G and the Camogie, and mm-hmm. the, they all got involved, and they had, had a group came together, and the local community, all of them came together, and when the, when the lockdown was there, they, they got people, touristing, people that couldn't get to the shops or for needs, they, they got them, and they done rotations of getting food to people and all the different communities and it was brilliant to see people coming out and collecting stuff at the shop and delivering it to certain people and they had a WhatsApp group going I'm going that way I collect that I'll be there in five minutes I'm going that way anyway again forward thinking I was going that way I'll do these two or three drops here again it saves people driving in and driving out and there was people vulnerable people that they were afraid afraid to come out of their houses and they were delivering to their door which what other community would you get it so where you had the delivery service the community picked it up yeah absolutely fantastic they did yeah even you know when you said that there I found it myself um where I originally grew up, I found if I was going home, which I did go home to carry shopping back to my parents and stuff, I found myself texting two or three of my friends that I knew their parents were behind there on their own as well. And I said, I'm going back there tomorrow. Like, you know, can I carry back anything? And, you know, no, most of the times they didn't want anything. But there was a couple of occasions, yes, they do look back something. I can't get to them till this evening or something. And... You know, they returned the favours and you know, it was brilliant. It was brilliant and like you said, COVID and lockdown definitely did teach us a lesson. Like It, it taught us a lesson and it taught us that we needed to slow down. Yeah. It yeah. taught us that we needed to look around us and look at the people that are most important to you and you just mentioned it there yourself, Morgan. You text a few of your friends. Yeah. Just that you're going back there because when you you were a young person you're running around the roads being wild like the rest of us. Yeah. Your parents that you 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 were in their kitchen, they were feeding you, yeah. and they were you along the way. So it it comes right back. It's a circle, and it comes right back to the the people that helped us start the house are the people that we help as we go through life, and it's it's a full circle. And I hope that that trait will go on to our, the next generations behind us, and it, it, it's it's a lovely thing to do. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully they, it'll. Look, if we can pass it on to our next generation, and brilliant, that'll be fantastic. That'll be fantastic. Tell me, Richard, I suppose, one, one other question I have for you, and every person living out, as I do call it, out in the sticks where I am myself and where you are, um, everyone in Ireland, I suppose, they'll all say about our politicians and especially our government ministers or whatever, um, do the government really believe that... that 
Ireland or Dublin or wherever finishes their own kill there. Yeah, um, and more so since um, since I've been up and down to Dublin, I've been up in Dublin two days a week. Um, if you look at it from Dublin, and I stay out in Bray, um, and the reason I've done it is I want you're inside in the building above there all day. Mm-hmm. You come out when the lockdowns were in place, that you went back to a hotel and you went to your room. So you're inside in a, like a closed-in cage, and when you can get out of the likes of Dublin um, and get fresh air, it clears your head and gets you into the other day. But what I noticed was, within Dublin till there, all the links such as Lewis's, the Dart, in and out to Wicklow's, it's all there. When yeah. you look in your head, your head south, <laughs> your yeah. head, the, the infrastructure stops once you leave Dublin. But, but the mistakes that they've made are... And they're talking about bringing down the emissions and environment. 97% of the roll-on and roll-off traffic comes through Dublin Port. That means 97% of cargoes that are coming in out of this country come through uh, Dublin Port. Yeah. We have fines port below here that we've been looking to invest in for. And I've got commitments from from uh, M and Ryan that they, they are going to invest in it. It's the deepest port in Europe. And they haven't... Um, invested in it properly, yes. So we could lower our emissions uh, uh, in a more sensible uh, way by ha- uh, dispersion of traffic. Yeah. So trucks going up and down the road to Dublin, um, we could actually disperse them to fines. So they're having their, their, their traveling time and the them in and And as I say, it can cater for the largest ship in the world. Fines can. I never realised it was the deepest port like that, no, to be the honest. port in Europe. Yeah. So we can cater for the largest ship in the world in fines with a bit of investment. That means then instead of 10 ships or 20 ships running to here, one ship can come in with all cargo and land. We can also then more than have the travel time on our roads with trucks mm-hmm. and shorten their journeys which will automatically lower emissions immediately. The other thing then is when, when the flights start to open up and people start travelling again, the connection flights yeah. from Shannon, Cork and Dublin. Dublin were trying to increase their capacity pre-COVID from 30 million passengers coming through to 40 million. Mm-hmm. And Shannon was on its knees with 1.8 million pre-COVID. Yeah. And uh, Cork has 2.2 or 2.3 million uh, gone through. Right. How many people had to travel from here to go to Dublin because they couldn't get connection flights yeah. through Shannon because the footfall and it wasn't viable enough for the aircrafts to land in Shannon? So what I have said to them is common sense prevails here. If Dublin wants to increase their traffic from 30 million by 10% or 20%, Right, so we say if they want to go, if they want to increase their traffic by 10 million, yeah, they have to give 10% of that traffic to Cork and Limerick. Correct. Into, yeah. Into yeah. Cork. So that means then you're increasing that 10 million, it then reduces them to 8 million. So a million each goes to Cork and and uh, Shannon. That means then that it makes the two airports here viable, which means the flights will start coming in here. Now, Shannon Airport can cater for 4.5 million passengers and it only has 1.8. My God, yeah. And Cork yeah. can cater for the same. But they're increasing Dublin again. So you're looking then on the roads, people are flying into Dublin 
Yes. And they want to go to Limerick, Cork, Kerry, Clare. They're driving down, hiring yeah. cars, driving down, which also is rising emissions. Yeah. As they come land here in Shannon and a short journey back the road to, to Kerry, to Limerick, to wherever they're going, they could land there. They could land in Kerry, they can, right, they can, but they should disperse. So if there's any growth in aviation, they have to put a percentage into the other airports as they grow. So yes. they want to grow by 10%. Um, yeah. Uh, 100%. They have to give 10% of the traffic that they're growing to each of the other airports to allow them to grow as well. That means that we reduce the amount of traffic going to Dublin. We reduce the amount of traffic coming out of Dublin. Yeah. We reduce our, our trucks and things going to the port in Dublin because they can be accommodated within fines. Yeah, and that way we are reducing our carbon footprint. Yeah, because you know when you said it there, like you're a hundred percent right in what you said. Because I I gave a couple of years driving a tour bus, and I've often left Tralee and Killarney with a bus, and went up to Dublin Airport to collect thirty five or forty people to bring them back down to Killarney. Exactly. So if they were able to land in Shannon or in Kerry. Right, you'd have a short journey, you'd have less maintenance on your bus, yeah. and you could still bus people around, and you're saving massive emissions, like the trucks run have done seven or eight miles to the gallon. That's about all right. at the most, yeah. At the most, right, with the air blues, and they're up and down the, the country, uh, up to Dublin Port, as I said, 97% of the roll-on and roll-off traffic comes through Dublin Port. And how, how would you feel, Richard, about, um, we'll say, okay, we're, we have Fines Port now, Fines Port is up and running, and we've container ships and there's jobs there's a whole lot being created there for West Limerick North Kerry the whole lot um, the train the train tracks 100% has to be put in place um, the, tra- the the rail structure has to be put in place the biggest drawback with the rail sector was was when it went in um, where is the biggest problem when, when you leave the train station in Limerick and you want to go the junction you yeah. have to get off and get on another train Right. Yeah. So the thing needs to happen that you, when you're on a train, that you're going from Cork to Dublin and you can shoot straight through, or you, right, and that you don't have to get off the junction to swing back to come back into Limerick. Right. When fines open up, they should the, the track then should be in such a way that you do not have to swap your train if you're going from one place to another. Yeah. You get on your train and you 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 have your direct lines going up, and they make it easier, which wouldn't take a massive investment to do it. But again, it's common sense. But the rail lines have to travel, and the other thing that they need to do when they're doing the rail lines, and we can see how brilliant it is, is the greenways. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely fantastic. But when they're doing the greenways, and I look at it there from the from the point of view, if there's a greenway, right you, at the moment it finishes here in Rakeel, and they want to connect it to Limerick. But why the, the Greenways need to connect to come across in from Adair, from Adair to Croom, from Croom yeah. to Boree. And why? And it also needs to cross near places like hotels that are given local business, local employment, yeah. such as the Woodlands House Hotel. It has to cross by there because if they go straight from the likes of Rakeel directly into Limerick, there is no hotel in Patrick's Well. Yeah. So they need to have the links off to give people a choice that if they want to come and stay in the likes of the, the likes of the Woodlands Hotel, if they want to go to Dunn Raven Arms, if they want to go, that they have the choice then to get on their bikes and head to Parentrix Well and on then to wherever they want to go. You have to pass, the Greenways have to pass areas that are given local employment. Yeah, yeah, um, correct, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and bringing the other local towns and villages so they pass through there, which actually brings 
which will bring a business to them then as well. And then again, people will start investing in different things from an outside greener area. And that has to be welcomed. We all have a green agenda. But you have to have a common sense approach Correct. to it. And you have to put it the proper infrastructures, like you just mentioned there, rail lines have to go with it, 100%. Yeah. And we have to reduce emissions. Now, then again, we are one-tenth of one percent in globally. Yeah. One-tenth of one percent. One-tenth of one percent we are globally. And the 2040 plan, if you look at it from the point of restrictions that they're bringing in and the carbon bill that they're bringing in at the moment, uh, the climate action bill, right, if this was re- reflected across the world, it would be an absolute fantastic thing. But we are getting, um, it's, we are going too hard on our system here, being one ten to 1%. When you look at the likes of Asia, then, are actually 54%. Okay? And what are we doing? We're importing all the stuff from these different countries that their carbon emissions are rising by lowering... Ireland's, and we're one-tenth of one percent, and we're importing all our products in, and they're stopping producing the products here, yeah. even though we're And we're now waiting from other countries that are actually rising in, in carbon emissions uh, and methane gases, and we're importing it in here, thinking that we're doing great. Yeah, yeah, do you know, like, like I'm just trying to figure this out here. It is the one study over all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, are all there. It's all connected. Just because we do it here, other countries need to do it. But what we're doing is, in theory, it, it is a good thing. But practically, when you look at what we're doing, we're, we're important piece into this country at the moment. We've yeah. closed all the That's madness. That's, to me, whatever, but, anything else, that, that's complete insanity. Like. They're imp- they're imp- now they want us to, to push the straw back into the grounds. The, now they want to reduce the national herd by 51%, right? This is what their answer is to us, even though we're at one-tenth of one percent. Yeah. And as I say, we have a green agenda, and yes, we should be doing everything to improve it. But look across the water then, and we see other countries, and they're, 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 their emissions are right. And, and we're importing from them, rising their emissions, to try and get us... Don't. They want us to, to reduce is a point three per uh, by point three every term is what we have to decrease it by. Yes. And we are not the problem. The problem is where the countries that we're importing all the products yeah, into this country. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yes, we do need to do things here, and yes, we're going the right direction. But we are hitting the wrong areas, and we're hitting them too hard. Um, when there's no infrastructure in place. So, it, as, I, as I said at the very start, is if you're in business tomorrow morning, you look at your projections. Looking at this at the moment, the country, uh, the, by previous governments, have told people to invest, 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 raise your, raise your national herd, raise your cattle, uh, milk is the new white gold, and now they're telling them 10 years, that, two, that was 2013, now they're telling them uh, only nine years on, or eight, eight and a half to nine years on, now to reduce by 51%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Business in the in the world has to sustain has to sustain that. Yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, you're right. I, I I'm still in shock at this one tenth of one percent. That that's yeah, that's why we are globally one tenth of one percent of the global problem, and as I said, Asia is fifty four percent. Like I'm not great at maths, but the way I put that now is if you had a box of rice 
we're about one grain of rice inside in the box. One grain of rice to, to the bag of rice. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the been put in place at the moment are, are um, and and I go back to it again. In October 2019, Eamon Ryan went on national television and told people, this is the mentality of this person to tell the people of Ireland that he believes that 300 vehicles yeah. to 3,000 families yeah. in the towns, villages and rural areas, that's 37% of the population of Ireland. He thinks that uh, 30 cars to 3,000 families uh, is adequate and that they could have a collection point for a car and they could cycle down or walk down. Now I made it quite clear and I've said it in the doll and I, uh, everything I've spoken here today has been on the doll so yeah. uh, it's on public record so I'm not quoting anything that I have No, no, you're, you're 100% right. Like, because and I have invited him down to Limerick yeah. down to my house to live with me as I said, live with Lucy uh, right? and I give him a week to do his his normal running uh, of of what I do every day. Yeah, and I will uh, tell you he, he will have a different approach. When he walks out the door and he can see no shop, when he walks out the door and he can see no bus service, um, this is what he will will come back to that he realise that if you have infrastructure in place, you can create all these these changes. Yeah, but yeah. if you haven't, and he will find out very simple uh, that it is, it is not workable unless you have infrastructure. Yeah, but even where, where I'm living myself here, it's like I'm in the middle of two roads. If you, it's a true road, and on one end there's no bus, there's nothing, no bus past the bus route has been cancelled for five or six years, and on the yeah. other route then you can get a connection bus to Listowel, but you yes. the bus you can get in Listowel then. It's a Limerick trolley bus. Yes. And you miss the connection by five minutes. Yes. And there's no connection. It's not supposed to wait. And yes. you just, there's two buses a day. There's just, it's just, they're completely, they're running it because they have to run it. Yes, but they're, not, they're not collaborating between the two bus no. services. No. Low people. And the same with the colleges here in, in, um, in Limerick, we say when, when we have people at the moment now, we had, we'll just use an example, one person was getting a bus in Croom mm-hmm. and they were going to LIT and that bus then goes into Limerick and they have to get on another bus then to try and get them off the college and they, they arrive at college 15 minutes late. Yeah, yeah. Right, because they've missed the connection if the other bus had had left Croom, leaves Croom out uh, five minutes earlier, they would be able to get the other bus but the bus would go out every 15 minutes inside the, on the rotation. They miss the bus when they get in, so they have to wait. For, so they're 15 minutes late for college every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they get into trouble with their tutor. That why you're late. Yes, Look correct. What popular infrastructure to get me here on time? And still, a person has to take get a drive to to the bus, get on a bus to get another bus to get to college. Yeah. <laughs> if you're inside, if you're inside in in, in Larne City, you walk out the door. And either college is close to you, you get on the bike, you get on the Lewis, uh, you, you get a connection and you go straight to college. That yeah. is the difference between here and uh, and uh, urban and rural living. But would I change from where I live? No. Um, no, no, because why? We have a life. Yeah, correct. Well, I see it. It's the same. It's the same story every place, even where I'm here myself. That local bus here goes to Tralee. And yes. the bus, 
it passes in the college and it yes. passes in Solus, which is fast, Solus fast. And then you have to go to, we call it the railway station, the train station, the bus station. Then you have to get another bus back up to the same place you just passed in the college. Or if you're going to Foss, you have to walk about two miles. Yes. It, just, it makes no um, sense. They're running them because they have to run them. They're not running them for the needs of the people. Exactly. And that, that's where we come down. But if that was balanced up, that would actually work going forward for people going forward today. That if there was a bit of forward thinking, a bit and a bit of common sense, yeah, that they could regulate this properly, that people would run together or put things in a certain way. But again, it goes back to it's a box ticking exercise. There's yeah. no plan going in, into it because they're running it because they have to run it. But a bit of joint up thinking would, would make it a lot easier for people that live in those areas and they'd use them if they're reliable and on time, correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's where we're going. So, Richard, that's kind of it. We could stay talking all day. I'm very certain it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, it's a lovely sunny day here in Limerick, and um, it's a great healthy day. So, my advice to people uh, going forward from this, and, and I thank you from the radio station for ringing me. Uh, it's great to see, see um, a local radio station taking such interest in their people and in the area. Um, so, for people to keep safe, yeah. uh, your heads up, um, and look at what's around you, and be thankful for what we have today, because yeah. there's a lot of other people that are less fortunate from us from a health perspective and other things. And if you can do one thing a day to help a person, it'll make you feel good and it'll make the person that, that, that around you is feeling good and that's what brings me forward every day it won't always be right you'll always get sometimes you get things wrong yeah um, but the one day that you help somebody that they're, that they're happy you help them they will go and help somebody else again it's like a cycle yeah. it's a good feeling it's a great feeling but um, I wish everyone helped safe and I wish the radio station to go to prosper and get bigger and thank you for taking the time and coming out to talk to me no absolutely thank you Richard I, I reached out there to you because I, I heard you had a, a, a love for vintage as well and vintage cars and tractors and you were involved with a couple of vintage clubs and you know what Richard you're, you're an absolute gentleman and for like a person it. like myself that has never met you or never spoke to you before, it is very easy to see why you got elected. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your, your, your kind words. Yeah, Richard, thank you. Yep. You're a gentleman. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Richard. Bye now. Hi, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Absolutely. What an absolute gentleman. Inspiration to all of us. Um you can hear it in him that he has a, an absolute love for vintage, classic cars, tractors, a love for the countryside, a love for his people, a love for everything else. Um, like I said to him there in the end, very easy to see how he got elected. He's a, a, a true, true gentleman and he's, you know, I wish him the very, very best, him and his family and just thanks, thank you very much Richard, I don't know. Um, I suppose the other thing I have for you is the fellow we spoke to there a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about him there as well with Richard, Pat Conroy. Pat Conroy um, done a, a thing there with Nationwide, um, the TV programme, a couple of weeks back. Now, I'm not exactly too sure of the date. I think he told me it's going to be on Nationwide in the next couple of evenings. Um, so keep an eye out for that. He'll give me the date. So hopefully we'll have the date. I think he told me he thought it was the, the 5th of May. That, that was the date he told me. Um, so look, 
if it's on, look it up on RT Player. If it's gone, um, and give it give a check out. Pat Conroy and it's he's on Nationwide. He done a thing with it. Um, as for myself, we're going with the YouTube thing. Um, we're keeping that keeping that rocking, and um, so that's kind of it. And we have all this is available on a podcast. Thanks again there to Patrick. Patrick, we'd be absolutely um completely lost without you. Um so keep it up and um thanks to Patrick and thanks to Richard. I don't know who there. Richard, keep up the good work. And um that's it for myself. You're tuned to Wesley McRadio. I hope you enjoy that. I really enjoy talking to Richard and thanks again to you know, she'll kill me, Richard's secretary. I forget I forget her name. Um, but I was talking to her on a couple of occasions as well, and we she spoke to. I oh my God, she's gonna kill me. Today kill me, don't matter. Um, we spoke to her a couple of a couple of months back, or maybe a bit a bit back about Machnan and Firma. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks again for all your help and Richard's team there and everyone. And um, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you all again next week. You have been listening to Country Life, Morgan O'Flaherty on West Limerick One Hundred Two FM.